I don't my question's still staring, so. Uh, and then I will read. Okay. Hi, Jack. Hey, Dylan. How's it going? I'm doing good. And Excellent. how are you, Maria? I'm doing so good. So happy to be here. Yeah, it's, it's great. We're very glad to have you. So today, as I said at the end of last time, we have a, a special guest star with us today who has who's sharing a movie with us that we, I, have, not seen. we have not seen, Jack nor I. Yeah. We, uh, we don't know if we trust her yet. We'll find out by the end of the episode, probably. No pressure. No, no, <laughs> tons of pressure on you, Maria. Thank you for joining us. Thank you also, for having me. So, fun fact for the listeners at home. The synopses that we print out, I am the one who prints them and finds the synopses like, and copy-pastes it into a Word document and puts it in Comic Sans. That's me. <laughs> That's my job. Um, and I like to put little facts, and I forgot to put the runtime, but today's movie that Maria has picked to talk about is Miracle from 2004, the story of how the United States ice hockey team beat the Soviet Union and then also Finland. But mostly the movie is about the Soviet Union, to what I understand. Yes. Wait, it's about the Soviet Union? Sorry, I missed that. I wasn't paying attention. Oh. It's about America, the U.S. hockey team, but oh. centered around them trying to beat the Soviets in the 1980 Olympics. Hell yeah! All right. Oh, I love McCarthyism. <laughs> My what? McCarthyism. It was like the driving force behind the Red Scare in the United mm. States. It's like, Excellent. Yeah, make sure your neighbors aren't communists. Go knock on their door, get them a casserole, and peek inside and see if you see any framed pictures of Joseph Stalin. That kind of thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but okay. in my research for trying to find a synopsis, I simply could not find one. So I have the IMDb one in this little paragraph here that's not in Comic Sans, but in Helvetica. And then below it is like a review of this from some guy who used to work for the Chicago Sun, but it's really more of an opinion piece than a synopsis. So let's go through the quick summary real quick, and then, then we'll go through the, the opinion and we'll see how accurate it is, according to Maria. You. Who is an expert on Miracle. I actually am very well versed in this movie. Mm -hmm. It's my guilty pleasure movie. Yeah. I watch it every time I'm on a plane. <laughs> every time? Really? Mm -hmm. Do they always have it? I Oh, I always download it. Oh. <laughs> it's on Disney you Plus. Make I sure think, they uh, have it. It's in her camera roll. Yeah. <laughs> like screen recording. Mm -hmm. <laughs> With her commentary. She has her commentary version. <laughs> Miracle 2004, Maria's version. <laughs> All right. Quick summary Kurt Russell stars as Coach Herb, Herb. Brooks in a true story <laughs> of the 1980 U.S. Olympic ice hockey team winning the gold medal by defeating the powerful. Mm. Soviet Union and Finland teams at Lake Placid. Is that wow. accurate so far? That is accurate so far, yes. Okay. <laughs> Brooks has had a dream of coaching the U.S. Olympic team ever since he was cut. Oh, awkward. Ever since he was cut from the 1960 U.S. Olympic team. Sad. Mm -hmm. That's tough. It's tragic. I think pretty, I'm pretty sure that that 1960 U.S. team cut him and then went on to win the gold without him. Ooh. Oh. So it's even more of a stab. Wait a minute. In the back. I see. That's, I mean, it's like, that's well, right. I, it could have been just a good decision on their part. It could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that's what happens. Taking that as gospel truth, <laughs> and it seems like maybe cutting Brooks was the secret to their success. Maybe so. So you feel bad for him, but you don't know. Maybe he needed it. It was character development. Maybe. Just perhaps. <laughs> for his life. For his life. God's yeah. like, his life is not dramatic enough. Okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, you know, that's how it works, right? Mm-hmm. Brooks' dream comes true. 
and he gets the coaching job in 1979. True. Right in time for the yeah, 1980s Olympics. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> who, got, who was training with him for three years since the last one and then got fired? Three? Yeah, the Olympics are every four years, aren't they? Oh, <laughs> I just thought you meant like from I think they have like the Olympic team starts to come together mm. when it gets closer to the year, but that's also probably betraying my knowledge or lack thereof. All right, Brooks puts together a team of college kids, cool. nice, and begin and begins to get them into shape. Since the Soviet Union is the greatest hockey team in the world, <laughs> the Soviet <laughs> Union as a whole is the greatest hockey team in the world. You get automatically signed up when you turn eighteen. <laughs> you can join the draft and also and the, the socket, the hockey team. It's because no one will play against them because they just have a nuke behind them. <laughs> <laughs> so no one, no one dares. Wait, so these college kids are hockey players already, right? Like these are yeah. not just like college kids. So basically, teams. they pulled a in 1979. They held a um, audition, like a tryout, basically. Audition's not the word for it. A tryout, <laughs> and a bunch of people came to try out for the hockey team and. A bunch of kids had just graduated college or like college level, and they came out, and he drafted mostly college kids, okay. like right out of college. Because um, they're the ones who were willing to put in hours and hours and hours of work. Well, I don't want to spoil what happens in the rest of the summary, but it talks okay. about as to why a lot of all stars tend to just play for themselves, and so mm. Herb Brooks wanted to make a different environment, a different reason as yeah. to why he would draft certain things and he said college kids want to like they just want to play more team oriented yeah, and they're not oriented towards themselves yeah. as much cool cool i was kind Smart. of hoping it would be like a cool running type of situation where he just like finds a bunch of college kids what's <laughs> <laughs> like, cool running what we are the jamaican bobsled team yeah. oh <laughs> the jamaican bobsled team yeah my bad. Every year. Okay. Also on Disney Plus. I think every movie we've done so far <laughs> has been available on Disney Plus. Is that so? Wait. Hidden Figures yeah. definitely is. Well, I'm pretty sure Indiana Jones is. Miracle is. So we're reviewing the streaming service <laughs> we use. <laughs> Just kidding. Our sponsors. Our sponsor. <laughs> I Imagine. Oh my gosh. Okay. Where were we? Um, They're the best. Oh yeah. The greatest okay. hockey team in the world. Brooks begins to retrain his team in the European style of playing the game. So What's the American style? Just like... I think it's Wild West song. rules, you know, just woo! <laughs> with, a, with a gun. Freedom! Yeah. Yeah, sort of I think the American style is drafting all stars. Oh. Like, oh, yeah. Maybe that's wrong. Them do their but thing. then he's also just, yeah, he's very yeah. centered around, like, team. Yeah. With, like, the, what was it, the American dream team for mm -hmm. basketball? Yeah. It's, like, all of the biggest names. In all the biggest names, and then everyone plays selfishly. Yeah. Well, which worked at first because we were the only ones who played basketball, so. Yeah. That's true. Well, and we did win. Although there were, I think in like the run of the dream team, they had like a small hiccup with Romania. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Fun facts for you. Uh, okay, so the Soviet Union team has won four consecutive gold medals. Oh, that's like 16 years. Yeah, so they won. I think they won in 64, 68, 72, 76. So the last time they won was 1960. When he got kicked off the team. That's awkward. Oof. Okay, recently defeated a team of National Hockey League All Stars. So that's like the normal American thing, mm -hmm. is just get the biggest names. Get the biggest names, get the guys that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You draft like LeBron James and Dwight Wade and yeah. Stephen Curry. LeBron and James. Team Secretly yeah. an amazing <laughs> hockey player. Yeah, that's it. Let's go. Brooks said that the All-Stars were individual players and not a team. There yeah, you go. Is. There we go. Oh my gosh. Spoiler. I'm <laughs> 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 
With all his hard training, he finally turns these kids into the U.S. Olympic team and a family. And a family. With all his hard work paid off, they finally became a family. Legally. This is actually like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a legal he drama. He adopted all of them. That would have made and they go door to door looking for framed pictures of Joseph Stalin. <laughs> <laughs> to defeat the Soviet Union in the semifinal round by not allowing them a single goal for the last 10 minutes of the game. Defense is the best offense. Amen. A, a good defense is the best offense. I, yeah. That last 20 minutes of the game, oh, of the movie, for me, is tears every time. Really? I'm like at the edge of my seat, like, what's going to happen? I know what's going to I feel like, okay, sorry, we can continue this and then I'll say what I have to say. Okay. With the world... Watching the game on TV, Al Michaels asked this famous question at the end of the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. <laughs> Is that part of the question? Or do they all answer him yes? Um, <laughs> the entire world. I think he course. says, Al Michaels is the... Um, we banded together in 1980. He's the live streamer, so like he's saying it to everyone watching from home. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. Um, you know. The team still had to play Finland in the final round, which they won. Mm -hmm. Douglas Young, the movie guy. Who is, Why is it Douglas with that? Young? I think that's probably the guy that did the summary. Oh, okay, that makes oh. sense. <laughs> Don't you're supposed to know these things. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's my bad. I like how it gets to the end and then the last sentence is, also they had to play Finland, but they won. That's basically how it happens in the movie, too. Oh, cool. Because yeah. no one cares about Finland. Yeah. It was the, like amazing. The whole movie is about the Soviets, about trying to beat them, because once you beat them, like you're the best in the year. Like, you're the best in the because uh, the like Soviet on Union was going to beat Finland. Yeah. But so like, in the movie, they play the Soviets before they go to, um, before yeah, they go to the Olympics and they get destroyed. Mm. Like, Wait, what? Destroyed. Before they go to Lake Placid for the Olympics, they have like a scrimmage. Scrimmage is like I don't remember what it is, but it's like a, they play the Soviets mm. prior to the Olympics and they get destroyed. Like this U.S. Team. The, or this this the American, American. Nineteen American eighty American. Oh my gosh, nineteen eighty American <laughs> league <laughs> hockey team. Gets destroyed. Is that when he's saying the National Hockey League All Stars? No, that's different. So I think oh. he's saying the National League All Stars were the ones that like fought them in the past Olympics and have lost oh, for the see, past 16 years. But then he, before they go to Lake Placid, play the Soviets, they get destroyed. Okay. And so it's like the entire rest, like a lot of the movie is centered yeah. around being the Soviets because they're the best in the world. Do you remember where the 1980 Olympics happened in this movie? Lake Placid. Oh. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> I thought Placid? you were saying they went to I Lake... I think it's in America. Is it? Wait. That makes sense. No, the 19... Oh, wait. Because I know for a fact the 1984 Summer Olympics were in the United States. Or maybe it was 86. It must have been 86. It must have been 86 because the winter and the summer are offset by two years. Right. But for absolute... I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Lake Placid is in, like, like the east. Oh, Northeast. Really? I'm probably wrong. The, the only reason why I'm so confident that the 1986 Summer Olympics happened in the U.S. is because there's a big memorial in my hometown. Wow, I'm about to like fully drop where my hometown's at. Anyways, <laughs> in my hometown, which will remain unknown unless you're like an Olympic historian. Um, <laughs> it's actually really funny. It was installed upside down at first, <laughs> which is insane because it's like it's five rings. It's like it's not symmetrical. Like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Um, but because the biking so portion of the triathlon went through my hometown. Oh, nice. Harvard. Harvard. Yeah. Right. Harvard. Yeah. Wow. Do you want me to bleep that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, please. <laughs> All right. So now we get to the second part of the show, which is called some guy's opinion, <laughs> because that's. The name that Dylan gave to it's, 
the opinion piece. It's the closest thing I could I could find to a detailed synopsis, and it's also not even the right. Miracle is a sports movie that's more about the coach than about the team, and that's, and that's a miracle, miracle too. <laughs> We gotta find this guy's, oh all of these guys, like opinions on. <laughs> You're good. At a time when movies are shamelessly aimed at the young male demographic, here's a film with a whole team of hockey players in their teens and early 20s, and the screenplay hardly bothers to tell one from another. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> are you say sure? more, say more. No, I think that, well, okay, I think the whole point of Miracle is to kind of like dive into what Herb Brooks wants to do. And he wants to like basically make a team that's centered around being like you are the American hockey team. Like you represent the United States of America, so it's not about you. Like it's about your country and it's about being a team. And I think honestly, like part of the reason why the movie is centered around Herb is because they're trying to literally draw you away from the fact of like going to one particular like hockey player. Yeah. Be like, where this is like a hockey team. But then even in there you still you still like know each player and you see like stuff about them like mm. jim craig the hockey guy or mike ruzioni and like you see like the back the backstory of certain characters yeah. and like how they relate to each other yeah. so i mean i definitely think that there's some truth to the fact that it's about her brooks but i think it's supposed to be about like drawing away from one particular yeah, person that makes sense you don't that think that the movie was trying to be specifically like we don't care about these kids we only care about her I don't think so at all. Because like, you see, here, you man. see a lot, like you see, you see a lot of like character development. Like the part of like part of the reason why the movie is so great is because it starts off with, like all these college kids who like fought, like who played each other in college and like hate each other off of like school rivalries. But then they come in and they become part of the United States hockey team and they're like best friends and it's like and you see that development. But then also like you have certain like just like storylines with certain characters. That's mm. just like right. But the movie itself isn't about. The star of the hockey team bringing his whole team to glory because he's just so good. That's not no. the story. Yeah. The the point is saying they had a whole new way of making a hockey team and it worked and America is superior. <laughs> At least in the nineteen. But also like even in the movie, like <laughs> in the movie there's like this scene where like during the Olympics, like Herb Brooks keeps getting um interviewed, like about each game. And it keeps going like back and forth between the game and then the interview. And one of the guys keeps asking, like, can we talk to your goalie? Can we talk to this person? And he's like, no, we're a team. There's not one all-star. Like, we all work together. And if you want to talk to the team, then you're going to talk to, like, the coaches because we represent the team. Hmm. And then he was like, well, who's, like, who's to say that you're just, like, don't want all the glory for yourself? And so he sends the assistant coach in to, like, answer all the interview questions. Just kind of like, this isn't about one particular person. Mm. Yeah. It's about the team. That assistant coach is like... <laughs> he was really stressed, actually. It's really funny. <laughs> He's like, this is not what I signed up for. Yeah. The focus is on... Oh, I also think it's funny. He says, at a time when movies are shamelessly aimed at the young male demographic, here's a film with a whole team of hockey players in their teens and early 20s. But, like, the young male demographic. Yeah. Like, how does that not appeal I know. to the young male demographic? I think it's I supposed think to guy. be ironic. Is that what you think? I think it's supposed to be sarcastic. Oh, really? That's just my thought. Do you think this is like a satire? No, I think it's just a satirical <laughs> sentence. Oh, okay. Maybe. The Comic Sans is throwing me off. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everything written in Comic Sans is just serious. Yeah, that's true. I'm pretty sure the original draft of the Bible is Comic Sans, now that I think of it. Um, I don't think they had Comic Sans for, what was it written in? Well, Aramaic? I mean, I no different idea. parts were written in different languages. But that's, this is not that's about fair. the Bible. All right, instead, the focus is on Herb Brooks, a veteran hockey coach from Minnesota 
who was assigned the thankless task of assembling a team to represent America. He was assigned this? I thought this was his dream job. Assigned to being, I think, got hired. Oh, I think cool. that's a poor choice of words. I see. The United States hasn't won since 1960. Oh, there we go. When he was originally fired. Yep. And the professionals on the Soviet team, not to mention the Swedes, the Finns, and the Canadians, rule the sport. All the cold country people. Yeah. This is a Kurt Russell you might not <laughs> <laughs> Coming straight from Tombstone. He's beefed up into a jowly, steady, middle-aged man who still wears a square high school haircut. Square being like... Like nerdy, boring, or like literal square. Oh, that makes more sense than I was imagining. Like, like he like just has square. a square on yeah. his head. What does he look like in the movie? I can't. I mean, he definitely has a bad haircut. But I don't know if I'd call it square. <laughs> but square in the sense of like, like boring. A square with a horn. Oh yeah, boring for sure. Oh, okay, I see. Patricia Clarkson, like who yeah. plays Brooks' wife, has the thankless role of, <laughs> of playing another movie spouse. <laughs> Yeah, that's a real tough I life. I have a feeling. Getting paid tons and tons of money to be, a, <laughs> to be the wife of Kurt Russell in a movie. I have a feeling that the uh, the writer doesn't like the movie. <laughs> well, Bring it on. Wait, wait, we I'll take on this his... some other guy any day. Yeah, we're not being very good uh, lawyers for this guy, are we? Because we're supposed know. to be like on this guy's side, and then she says why we're wrong. And oh, then we yeah. agree. Mm-hmm. Bring it's, it on. Just, it's just written in such a way. It is know? not written very well. <laughs> Patricia Clarkson, who plays Brooks' wife, has a thankless role of playing yet another movie spouse whose only function in life is to complain that his job is taking too much time away from his family. <laughs> That's so true, though. <laughs> that is like every... It does happen in a lot of movies. Yeah. That's Wait, because all these movies are made by dudes whose wives are telling them that exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> They're all Patricia Clarkson? No, <laughs> no, no, no. What? <laughs> yeah. Everyone is married to Patricia Clarkson, and she just keeps saying it. So people keep putting it into the movies. No, I'm just I think kidding. that sells her short. <laughs> I think so, yeah. What would you say her character's like in the movie? I think, I mean, there is a scene oh, where she complains. We're just kind of like, as soon as he got the job, he just like packed his family up and they moved. And she was like, and I never like complained about that, but you never asked me like if you wanted to go, yeah. if like I wanted to go. And she was like, we never had the conversation, but then that's it. And then she's like, go beat the Soviets. And she's like there <laughs> and like super like supportive. And I think she they have this little, they had this conversation because I think he missed something that he was like supposed to be at because he like was watching film. Oh, I see. Mm. I see. You know, you know the classic like, oh, the woman's so annoying, but also like, he's a dad. Yeah. He should be there for his kid. You know, classic, no. classic stuff. Which is played just so well in modern movies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Okay. This role, complete with the obligatory shots of the wife appearing in his study door as the <laughs> husband burns the midnight oil, is so standard, so ritualistic, so boring. Then I propose all future movies about workaholics just make them bachelors to spare us the dead air. I'm not going to lie to him. I think I skip that scene every time. Why? Because it's not boring? Because it, not because it's boring. It's just like... So you agree with him? I'm all about the action and the sport. Mm. and like. So the family drama you know. part of it wasn't done as well as the sport part of it? Oh, definitely not. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it makes sense that in a, in a movie that's centered around sports and that sort of action, even if it's a good movie of that... Yeah. Would be maybe not the best at portraying family like you drama don't, in a way that's not watch, just cliche. You, know? you don't yeah. watch Miracle to watch the cliche, like husband and wife duo. Come you to watch bed. Miracle. To <laughs> 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 you watch Miracle for the excitement that comes from the Olympics. No, that's fair. And also, it probably <laughs> it probably doesn't add too much to the movie as the sports movie to have that. In it. Like I'm thinking of say the play. By that little-known poet, Billy Shakes, 
Julius. Julius Caesar, where they have two scenes side by side of Brutus with his wife and Julius Caesar with his wife, mm. and like, showing the dichotomy of how Brutus loves his wife but yeah. wouldn't tell her, mm-hmm. and, then, and all that sort of thing. And that that really adds to the play because the whole point is Brutus. The whole mm. point of that part is like, is Brutus going to, to do it? He doesn't want to, but he kind of like this is why he's doing it and how his dynamic is and you know, seeing his mindset for why he's going to kill Caesar. Yeah. And see, it's not just he was a bloodthirsty murderer. What is Brutus's wife's name again? I don't remember. Because Caesar's wife Claude. was Portia. Claudius, maybe? Claudius? Maybe Claudia. Claudia. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Claudius okay. Maximus, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, I just, like, that sort of scene, although, the, like, the play is about the murder of Caesar mm-hmm. in yeah. that way, that scene adds to the whole thing. Whereas in this movie... It probably didn't add very much to the sports movie, and you could probably skip mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah, I think in sports movies like this, where it's centered around like how much of like sports takes up your life, it's just Sorry. supposed to like show the like dedication that he has to it, which is like you could see regardless of this interaction with him and his wife. Yeah, did you guys see Air? Air? No, is that the Michael Jordan movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I didn't no, see it. I didn't it. see it either. Well, it's really good. There's there's one part that's the sort of similar thing to this where. They're sitting there, they're not sure whether what they're gonna do is gonna get them fired or get them tons of money. And so one of the guys is sitting there and he's like talking to him, he's like, he's like you know, I agree to do this with you because I trust you and all that, but you know, I have a wife and a kid and if, I, if this fails and I get fired, like I don't, I can't, I can't back you all the way, I can't get fired, like, mm-hmm. I need less job. But, and so it's the same sort of thing and showing like how desperate these men are but how much, how much of a big of a risk they're taking. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's not the, it's not. It's not cliche. It's not the stereotypical wife leans in the study room door and says, "I can't believe." Come to bed. Anyways, so I think there are good ways of doing it, and there's also the cliche way yeah. of doing it. And so I guess what he's pointing out, the person who wrote this, is that this movie just does it in the cliche yeah. way. But I think, as you're describing, if it's just like a scene or two here or there, like, probably that's not what the movie's about. Mm-hmm. It's about a team it's being the Soviet not. Union, and so yeah. maybe this person was not the best person to write about this. Do you? Do either of you guys remember that movie about, it's about college basketball and um, the coach drafts black athletes. Glory Road. Glory Road, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a good number of scenes where, like, because the coach is, like, yeah, he's a good coach, but he's also more of a progressive guy, at least Mm -hmm. for the time, and his wife is, too. And obviously the coach, I mean, the players are obviously getting the brunt of, like, the racist, like, stuff. Mm -hmm. But he's also getting a, a good bit of it. And his wife, who is also progressively minded, at least relatively, is like really important insofar as she acts as a support. And like she's like, I know this is terrible, but you're doing a good thing for the school, and you're doing just the right thing in like the eyes of God or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely ways of doing it that aren't cliche, and there are the cliche ways of doing it that are still done well, so you forgive it. Yeah. I haven't seen this movie, so I don't know exactly. But at least this person is pointing like out it's, that it's yeah. very cliche. I think it's done slightly cliche, but it's also like, I feel like most times it like always causes like this bigger fight where he like goes afterwards, ends up going back, and he's like, I have to, I have to cut back on my time, uh, or like goes and apologizes. Yeah. But it's literally like, in that scene, it's like a six-minute scene, and she complains, and then he they resolve it, and then she's like, great, and then the next scene is like him at practice, like. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I mean, like that just shows like an actual mature relationship happening. Where yeah. it's like in mature relationships, you have complaints and you talk about it, mm-hmm. and you make mistakes where you don't talk about it sometimes. And then someone has to come in and be like, "Why didn't we talk about this?" 
but in a good, yeah. healthy relationship, but anyways, at the end, it's like, okay, well, now we've resolved it. Yeah. yeah. Unless there's something ridiculous, or mm -hmm. not ridiculous, but just extreme, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's a different movie. That's a movie about a family falling apart, which this is not. So, Can all right. Can please read the next two sentences? I would love to. Uh, at the very least, she could occasionally ask her husband if he thinks he looks good in those plaid sport coats. And stuff. All right. Can I read the next sentence? Yeah. Wait, wait. Before you read the next sentence. But, yeah. Is, yeah. He, is he saying that... It would make it more interesting. Kurt Russell looks ugly? Is that I what think he's, he's trying to say that they look horrible and that as a wife she should actually just like tell him to have better style. And that would make it less cliche. I don't I think this guy's just got a whole rap against this movie. Yeah. Could you imagine if this movie had just had a scene where the wife had gone to her husband and like he's about to go out and she's like, Do you think you look good wearing that? You'd <laughs> be so Right? You have that Totally scene. would fit with the vibe of the movie. Imagine yeah. the other way around though, this guy would never suggest that. Because obviously you don't. <laughs> it's just that? such a you weird thing. You think you look thing. good in that dress? It's like. Can you imagine? First of all, if a guy ever said that to the woman, he'd be sleeping on the couch for like a month. And then also like, why is that like? Let's make it not cliche and tell him he looks ugly. Chill yeah. on my boy Herb. Chill <laughs> on my boy Herb. Speaking of Herb. Anyway, sorry. Herb Books is a real man who died. He died in a car accident just after the film was finished. And the movie presents him in all its complexity. Did Kurt Russell die after filming this? No, I'm this? literally saying, I think he's saying the actual Herb Brooks. Died after the 1980 Olympics? No, died after the film was finished. Oh. Okay. I'm pretty sure he says that, like, he never, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he, like, had a hand in the production of the movie, and then once it was finished, he died and never saw it aired. Oh. That might be a different movie I'm mixing up in my head, but I'm no, pretty that sure that's what happened. And also, apparently, like, my critical reading skills are lackluster, but it's okay. <laughs> Okay, Jack, read again. <laughs> okay, here we go. It's fascinated, the mo it being the movie. The movie is fascinated by the quirks of his personality and style. We can see he's a good coach, but like his players, we're not always sure if we like him. Is that accurate? That's what's good about the film, that we don't know if we like the main character. <laughs> the way it frankly no, focuses on what a coach does and how and why. Is, do you think that's accurate to the film? Like he's not like a Mary Sue kind of character? Yeah, have you guys seen Moneyball? No. Yes. No. Well, basically, it's like the similar thing where it's like he, especially coming from being cut like week a week before they went to the Olympics, he knows that it's like a ruthless business. And basically, like mm. when he's doing the when he's doing the training process and the he has too many people. He I think he needs like I don't know just for example sake like 15 guys and he has like 17, so he has to cut a few right before they go to the Olympics. And so he's like, he focuses all the time of being like, I'm not going to be your friend. I'm going to be objective and I'm not going to like become emotionally attached so that I choose based off of my emotional attachment to you. But I'm choosing based off of genuinely your skill and your willingness to be part of a team. Yeah. And so he has an assistant coach whose name I'm forgetting, but, oh, Craig Patrick, that he, um, he basically at the beginning tells all the guys, he's like, I'm not going to be your friend. I'm the coach. I'm going to tell you what to do, and I'm not going to try to get emotionally attached to you. And then Craig will be your, your, your shoulder your to buddy. lean on. Your emotional So, like, yes, he goes in and out of being <laughs> liked and not being liked. But that's at the beginning when he's, like, cranking down. But then as you see that his, his manner of doing things is actually working, everyone starts to fall in love with him. Like, oh, I see. I remember you know. when I was what, 12 or 13, I was on water polo team, and we were in in the Olympics, not just saying. Um, but I was on a water polo team, and we had we had a couple coaches because they were just basically high school or college students who wanted some money, and so they would coach water polo. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the coaches was this dude 
who was he would yell at us and we all hated him. He was super mean to us. And then every single game he was yelling at the coaches and, and the refs and trying he was on our side the whole way and then we and after we started playing games we act, we actually started liking him because we like, Oh, yeah. he's on our side and he yells at the coaches and the ref, the other coaches and the refs just as much as he yells at us. Like during the games like after the games, like right after, like we had, we could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. It was like he was on our side the whole way. Yeah. I mean, he would yell at us in the practice later for doing whatever stupid thing we did. Yeah. But like yeah. during the game at that moment, he was on our side. It didn't matter. Yeah. yeah. He j- like especially like at the beginning when he has when it's like he's trying to train them. He basically says like we might not be the best, but we're going to be the most like well conditioned. And he basically just like runs them to their death. Yeah, that's like the one scene I think I've seen in this movie. Really? The, the With the whistle? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're like skating. Right? Again. Yeah. Well, but basically, hockey. like, <laughs> like he starts off just kind of being like, I know what I need to do in order to win. I know what you guys need to be like in order to beat the Soviets, and I'm going to just train you, and you're going to hate me, and that's okay. And I want to win, and when you win because of that, of my me- method of coaching, you'll thank me later. Yeah. But then, like, you even see, like, they start to like him, and they, like, all start to realize, like, his method is actually working, and then, like, you know, they like him, and they're just like, they have like a Christmas party, and it's like they're all friendly or whatever. But then, like, the next scene, he's like yelling at one of the guys, and the guy's like jumping down his throat, and then it's like. Yeah. But you can totally just see that the way in which he does it is so for the sake of the game, as opposed to like at all an emotional attachment to the boys. Yeah. That's interesting. I played um, like Pop Warner, but not really Pop Warner, mm-hmm. like youth football mm-hmm. for three years before high school. And. One of our coaches, like the head coach, he was like just hellbent on having us be the most well-conditioned team in our mm-hmm. league, and it was ours. We're just like running. And like, mm-hmm. are you familiar? With, are you familiar with? Or you guys are probably familiar with the concept of like a hell week, mm-hmm. yeah. where you guys start early just for conditioning. Yep. It was it was horrible. People were like vomiting on mm-hmm. the sidelines between like every <laughs> between yeah. every little. Were thing. you guys good? Oh yeah, you were great. I mean, I didn't play. I was the must play. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, yeah. No, it's true. I mean, it, it's also the question of, for businesses, this has been a question for a while too, which is, should we be a team or a family? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Where, what, what things should be teams? What things should be family? Like, how close do you draw the line? So, like, Netflix for a while was, cra- like, cracked down and became a team of people where they'd be like, look, as long as you do work and do it well, you're hired, but... The minute that you not the minute minute but like pretty quickly after you're not needed anymore we will just fire you mm-hmm. not 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 in a way like get out of here you're done we don't it's just we your job position mm-hmm. has disappeared and some people were good with that they'd come in for a couple of years do a couple bit of work and then they leave and some people just couldn't they'd be there for two years and then their job would be kind of redundant and they'd just be there and they'd be like okay time to let you go and they'd be like what i've been working for so long that like, we're not a family we're a mm-hmm. team we will cut people yeah and so it's an interesting like where do you draw the line because at some point some, it's like sometimes it feels like, well, they have been working like loyally and just because their job get away. And I think Netflix would try to like move them into different positions. It wouldn't yeah. just be like, oh, and mm-hmm. you're gone, and you're gone. But sometimes it's like, well, yeah. this is a business. You know, we're trying to make money. If you are not needed and you can't be ne- used anywhere else, then we have to say goodbye, even if you've been working for so long. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah I think that's like super true. Because like at first it's like very much he's like team mentality, like you're for the United States of America. like you are representing the team as opposed to like making a family like there's like this whole scene where it's like this long progressive thing that just happens like throughout the first hour of the movie where occasionally he'll be like what's your name where are you from and then like who do you play for and each of the guys says like their college team that they played for and it's like 
and then it's like he's like okay they're not they're not realizing yet that they're not a college team anymore like they're they're the United States of America team mm -hmm. and then there's like the, the conditioning scene where they're like he's running it down their throats just like waiting for something to happen that like gives them the spark and Mike Ruzioni who's like becomes the captain of the team after they've been running for like hours just kind of like start saying his name. He's like, Mike Ruzioni. I forget where he's from. And he's like, I'm from this. And he goes, who do you play for? And he's like, I play for the United States of America. And then he's like, all right, you're done. Like, about time when you recognize that, like, this is a team effort. But then later, it like, you see the progression of, like, moving from the team to moving to, like, the family. And, like, they, they acknowledge it in the movie. Where, like, coming back down to, like, the last, like, the last, like, week before they go to Lake Placid, my, uh, the coach just like throws in this new guy that hasn't been there the entire time they've been training for like a year and they're all like what the heck like why are you bringing this dude in like we've all been training whatever and he's like he's really good he could help the team and they're like we're not a team like we're a family like we've all been doing this and like he's like all right you guys if that's your call then that's your call and then he doesn't get to play and then he well because he he was going to bring the guy in and then cut somebody else that had been oh, training with them I so see, they're like I you see. can't just throw this guy in a week before and cut somebody that's been with you for the past couple of months like four months or whatever yeah and then there's like the transition of like we're the united states of america to we are a family of men that are representing our country yeah yeah, it's interesting also too, like it seems like the way you get really good and you start to pare down is you start with a team mm -hmm. that you cut members from, you add people to it. But at a certain point, in order to actually achieve, achieve greatness, it seems like it has to transition from a team to a family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. The way it frankly focuses on what a coach does and how and why. Brooks knows hockey and disappointment. He was cut from the 1960 American hockey team only a week before the first game. And so in this film, when he has to cut one more player at the last moment, we know how he feels. Oh. And he knows how the players feel. Does he mm. cut someone? Yeah, so most of the time he has, I don't know what the numbers are, I should know this, but he needs like seven, like 16 to come in or something, and he always, he has 17 up until the last, and every guy is like fighting for that last spot. Like, don't cut me, don't cut me. And then he brings in that other guy, so he has to cut two guys if he were to do that. Mm. But then mm. a week before, he cuts a guy named Ralph Cox. And Why? Because Probably he needed because 16. Name. He needed like 16. Or, oh, I don't know what the numbers are. I meant are. like I why him was, specifically. I think he was just like, I don't think it was anything on him. Like He literally portrays it as he's just like really beaten up by it. And he's like really agonizing over it. But he's literally just like, he's done everything that I've asked him to. He's fought like tooth and nail with all these guys. He deserves to be on this team like anyone else. But I have to cut somebody. And he's, he's somebody that like I can... Yeah. He's worst. just slightly the worst. Well, he's the worst by only a little bit, is what I meant. And so he cuts Ralph Cox, like, I think a week before the 1980 Olympics. That would suck. That would be really bad. I would. Oh my gosh. I'd be How does Ralph take this? Uh, I mean, you see him when he, like, when he talks to him and he's like, thanks for the opportunity, coach. Like, and he's really gracious about it, but then he leaves and I don't think you see him again. And then they go to the Olympics. Yeah. Imagine that drive home. Dude, it's just so gut-wrenching. Yeah, that would be tough. Okay. Everyone knows that, like, Craig comes up and he's like, hey, Ralph, uh, coach wants to see you. And everyone knows he's about to get cut. And everybody, it just, like, gets silent in the locker room. And everybody's just like, oh, my gosh. And then Ralph is like, okay. And you could see he's just, like, heartbroken. But he doesn't fight it. No. Because everyone knew that he had to cut somebody at some point, And yeah. Ralph was the unlucky one. How does he deliver the news? 
with a hammer. He just he just says hey, Rob, like, can you pick up that box? <laughs> and put your stuff in it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think he literally just says like, I need to cut one more person, and you know you've done everything for me, but, and like I don't think he actually ever says. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think he actually ever says it, like in the movie at least. And he's just like, thank you for the opportunity, coach. And then. Wow. Wait, so why did he think it would be a good idea to bring someone who hadn't been training with them for a year? Like, even if that guy's good, he might be even better than everyone on the team. I think but that But he hasn't been training for an entire year. It's like, yeah, I think, honestly. Well, I don't know if it was, I think it was like six months or something crazy, but like uh, not, I can't remember how long it was. But I think everything Herb Brooks does is like for the sake of like, kind of like, shocking them into something so I feel like uh, even though like and the guy that comes in like he was great he worked well as the team he like scored in their pre-games and like everything and so like oh, so he actually played with them for a little bit he played for them for like a week I think but he just like got thrown in and then he like they went and played a, a game like before the Olympics like pre-Olympics and he scored and he played great but then the guys were like absolutely not and he was they was just like we're family and if he came we like we would lose another we one. Would, we would lose, like, we wouldn't have the connection that we do have. He'd always be an outsider and wouldn't be able to work with him the way that we yeah. could work with anybody else. And he was like, amen, preach, about time you guys recognize that what I was doing is right. And then told the guy he wasn't going to be on the team. But that guy's different than Ralph Cox. Right. Yeah. 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 All right, let's see. Okay, so that's tough. Now I feel sad. Um, <laughs> anyways, Brooks' strategy is to weave an air of mystery about himself. He assigns his assistant coach, Craig Patrick, played by Noah Emmerich, to become a friend of the players because Brooks deliberately does not become a friend. He stays aloof, wants to be a little feared and a little resented. I feel like that's a lot of sports movies, though. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. As the coach always does that. Yeah. Is this one especially well done? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think, like, the entire movie is centered around, like, Herb Brooks trying to make his dream team, which is literally just, like, I'm going to make the guys not like me, but it's going to, like so that I can cut the guy at the last second without being like emotionally attached to him yeah. and not be swayed, but really just pick up based off of their talent. Have you guys seen Hard, no, no, Hustle? Mm -mm. It's the, it's a Netflix original movie with Adam Sandler, mm -hmm. but it's like nothing like his, Adam Sandler's normal kind of like archetype. He mm -hmm. plays, he, no, no, no. He's a coach for an NFL, no, no, NBA team. And uh, <laughs> I'm getting all mixed up. And he goes somewhere in South America to like recruit people for some reason. I don't know why he goes there specifically, but he does find a guy and he like puts him up in the U.S. and like has him train and try to go to the, I don't know, like is it, is it called the combine for the NBA? I know it is for the NFL, but I don't know what it is like when you're trying out for the NBA. But yeah, he's like training this guy who is really good at like street ball, but he's never had any like formal basketball coaching. Mm -hmm. right. um, and he's like his worst enemy and his best friend at the same time. But yeah, mm -hmm. definitely like, yeah, he's like, I am not your yeah. friend. The only other movie that I've seen like this dynamic done really well was Moneyball. I don't yeah. know if you guys seen it, but it's like the, the, um, the baseball earlier, movie. Yeah, uh, but it basically is like about this guy that is kind of changing. I'm forgetting his name because I'm not a huge baseball fan. <laughs> um, but like he changes the game of baseball by saying like, I'm not going to choose based off of like who's the best first baseman or who's but like based off of like hitting percentage he's like i don't care how well they can do these particular positions i want to know who's going to get on the base like whatever and so he like changes and he very much distances himself from everybody and it's like the same type of dynamic of like distance not really getting close so that when i need to cut somebody or when i need to let somebody go i can let them go but then also they're not 
like I'm not building an emotional attachment to them. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like, <laughs> like in a roundabout way, it could be really good for creating a sense of community among your team because mm -hmm. <laughs> you guys can all rally around, wow, I hate coach. <laughs> yeah. Isn't yeah. no, he the worst? But, yeah, but like there's also like at the end of the movie, like everyone loves coach and coach loves all the guys. Yeah. You know, it's like however distance he is, he actually is growing to like love these, these players. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, it's true. That's tough love is an actual form. That's what I mean. People nowadays don't quite understand that. People give up too easily nowadays. Yeah. Seriously, what I love my mom. Does she, does she create <laughs> does she... an air of mystery about herself and stay distant and make it clear that her assistant coach, a.k.a. <laughs> As your, well, your your uh, siblings <laughs> are your friends, but not her. I think I was the assistant coach. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, okay. At one point, after chewing out his team in the locker room, he stalks out and passing Patrick says in a quiet aside, that ought to wake him up. It's a great scene. Good scene. Makes me cry. Gets me so fired up. It's like the classic like locker room speech yeah. where they're like struggling at halftime, and then he's like, you all suck, and then they're like freaking out. Basically, one guy get, like gets hurt. And it's, he like says that it's like he has a bad contusion. It's like a fancy word for a bruise. <laughs> and so he like makes fun of him and he's like, he's like, coach, I can't play. He goes, yeah, I heard you got a bruise. Like he like makes fun of him and then like basically says like, you're not a hockey player. And the guy's like, I am a hockey player. And then he like storms out and the guy like wants to fight him. And he's like, that ought to wake him up. And then they come out and like throw Weird. down. All right, let's see. We're going very slowly, and we've been talking for a while. I don't think we have to go through all this. Like this part seems to be that's true. mentioned in the. He immediately breaks with tradition, though. That's yes, true. true. Treasuring their blazers with the badges on the breast. Nice alliteration there. Mm. Uh, sorry, that was about amateur sports being overrun with adults who are essentially groupies. Mm -hmm. What does it say that? Yeah. It says where? Second line. Oh, I see, I see. Basically, this whole thing is just kind of saying that, like, Brooks, like wants to change the way that everything is done you know like in the past they've always done that the u.s hockey team is picked by like this group of men that like talk about it and like who is the biggest name who can get us the most money yeah. and brooks comes in and day one says these are my list of 20 men that are coming with me and none of them are big guys no, like they're all college kids. Yeah. yeah no but none of them are known except for like uh jim craig who's i think maybe that's a lie but i'm pretty sure he has like a history of being known okay but He's looking for kids oh, who are hungry and passionate and need in mm -hmm. italics. To Otherwise, them. they die. Otherwise, they die. Amen. They actually have little bombs connected to them that will destroy them if they lose. Uh, anyways, most of the time, the team is seen as a unit. But we begin to recognize their faces because it makes sense. Okay. Oh, sorry. But not much is done to develop them as individuals. The exception is the goaltender, Jimmy. Jimmy Boy. It's always a Jim in these movies. It's always a Jim. Jim Craig. Eddie Cahill. Is the actor. He refuses to take a psychological exam that Brooks hands out, and Brooks tells him that by not taking it, you just took it. They had to take a psychological exam? He basically gives them like this long exam after they get picked to see like their like just get a feel for their personality. Like can they put them up to like all this stuff. He says at the end he does it to see if they can like literally endure what he's about to put them through. Because uh, they're about to go through hell for the next month, yeah. couple of months. So he literally takes it. And then Jim refuses to take it. He's like, ah, whatever. My high school was run by a religious order. And like anyone could attend the high school as long as you get accepted. But to actually join the order, there was like this whole interview process where you had to meet with members of the community. And then part of it was a psychological examination, um, which was made to weed out people who are mentally unstable and potentially homosexual. 
But also, the psychological exam, I'm pretty sure, One is... question. <coughs> Do you like boys? <laughs> the psychological exam, I literally think, is just like no. a... No. Like sorry, a fifty-page test of like your personality right. type. Right. I mean, there's tons of those online. Yeah. So like, it's just like a longer personality type. Those are so. I really want to take one and just have a company tell me exactly why they can't hire me. I know. <laughs> just want to see exactly what it is that makes me so terrible. Do you guys know your Myers Briggs personality type? I did at one point. No, I. Myers Briggs. Is that the ENFJ sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I think I was. I don't remember. Okay, uh, never mind. Though. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll. We can figure it out later. Next time we'll know. Next time. <laughs> Next time we'll know, yeah. Somehow. Let's see. All right. We know all the cliches of the modern sports movie, but Miracle sidesteps a lot of them. Just not the ones with wives. Just <laughs> not the ones with wives. Erica Guggenheim's screenplay directed by... There's no way. That's how that... I'm sorry. There's no way that's how it's pronounced. That's how it's spelled, okay? Guggen. I was thinking... Eric yeah. Guggenheim. Eric's screenplay, directed by Gavin O'Connor, is not about how some of the players have little quirks that they cure, or about their girl, or about the <laughs> villains that have to be overcome. Well, except for the Soviets. Amen. Well, yeah, but those are those are but true scary villains. But scary as you'll get. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he lists all the villains. Like, it was like the Emperor from Star Wars, and Scar from Lion King, and then maybe the Soviet Union. Joseph Stalin. Joseph Stalin. I don't know, I just picked two. Rasputin's up there. Uh, it's about practicing hard and winning games. Isn't that what most sports movies are, though? Yeah. Some of them are about racism. Yeah, I think he's saying I mean, as opposed them, to being about, how's your girl? This is my my family situation that's like making me not be able to do this particular thing. That's yeah. right. You have to be all He's in. saying, no, it's about literally showing up for practice and winning the game. When the team finally faces the Soviets, they're depicted as, well, the other team. <laughs> the Soviets. Yeah. I assume that's what he's talking about. Yeah, the coach is a dark, forbidding manner and doesn't smile much, but he's not a Machiavellian schemer. And the Soviets don't play any dirtier than most teams do in hockey. That's fair. A lot of sports teams make it so that the enemy is like, hate, like you hate them. Like, oh my mm -hmm. gosh, they're so terrible, and they cheat, yeah. and then they... Like in Glory Road. Well, I guess it wasn't really cheating, but like oh, well, that last game. Him in the... Oh. Oh. The yeah. last game, it's like out of bounds that the refs don't call it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That one's like... The bad guys are just like racists, yeah. though, not like the other team. That's true. It's like they're fighting a battle of racism. Yeah, I, don't, they, I mean, yeah, sports movies, I think, tend to have a the tendency to make the other team cheat in some yeah. way or get have some kind of help. So you can see, like, not only are the good guys good, but they're also like not only are they good at the game, but they're also like better morally. Yeah. yeah. So they deserve to win, not just because mm -hmm. they're better at playing, which is funny because. That's not how it Deserve works. to win, like, whoever plays better wins, especially in sports that are very skill-based and mm -hmm. very little luck-based. Yeah. And so it's like... Which sports are luck-based, Jack? Sports are luck-based? Which sports are luck-based? Poker. That's not a sport. <laughs> Poker. <laughs> Wait a minute. Poker is the perfect blend of skill and luck, guys. The perfect mm. game is, is poker. We should have yeah, a poker no. night again. We should have a poker night. Um, but I, I mean, it's very. It's, I mean, it's luck in the sense that if you don't get any good cards, you're not going to win. Yeah. On the other yeah. hand, it's skill because you can still win with a lot of bad hands. But I, I mean, I'm thinking like I don't know. Um, obviously, you can play super, super well at a sport and still have like a bad night. Like the maybe it bounces like the like in basketball, like the rim bounces weird. Or yeah. The ice is like there's a little scuffed pack. Like you can still get unlucky when you play sports. That's true. But since pro sports are mostly mostly 100% skill based, almost all it's almost all skill. Yeah, yeah. Um, then. Saying like, oh, this team deserves to win because they're better people than the other teams. Like, we feel like that's true. Yeah. But if the other not. team is better at playing and they don't 
mean, I guess if they cheat, they, then it's cheating. But. The other team could be amazing athletes. It just seems weird to say, like, these people are better than these people, therefore they deserve to win. And the way they do that is make them cheat at the game, which means that they shouldn't win because they cheated. So I guess that makes sense. But even if one team was, you know, they were just jerks, but they're better at playing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, you can yeah. be an a-hole and an amazing athlete. Yeah, they definitely just portray them as, like, a force to be reckoned with. That they, like, are so... They're all older. They're yeah. like, older men that just, like, know the sport really well and just, like, go, go, go. Yeah. And, like, and that's actually really cool because then it's, yeah. like, they're, they're scary because they're good, not because... Yeah. They have guns and There knives. is one thing, like, they do, there is, like, penalties that they have during the game, but it's not, like, cheating. It's, like, they get caught for it, and then yeah, I mean, yeah. That's they, like, true sit out for it. Sport. Yeah, and so it's hockey like, is especially bad. Mm -hmm. Would you happen to remember what the final score is in the game against the Soviets? If it's 1-0, I... No, I... Mm, no, I think it's, like, 3-2. Three, 3-2? Two. Three, two. Nice. That might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure we definitely only win by one, and okay. I'm... I, my heart wants to say like three two. Okay, that makes I have to leave your heart. All right, let's see. Uh, oddly enough, the reason movie this one reminds me of is Robert Altman's The Company. Never seen it. Nope. Uh, he dealt this passionately with injuries, which are back alive in the career in a second miracle. Yeah, that is a sad thing. You know, when and a player gets injured badly enough that they can't play anymore in a sport, and it's like, mm -hmm. well, there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. We can't just keep paying you. You can't mm -hmm. play. Yeah. There's actually one character that gets hurt in the game prior to the Olympics begins, he gets hurt, destroys his knee, and then they have to basically decide if they're going to cut him because they need his spot to be filled or if they're going to like hope to God that he's good in a couple of weeks. And what do they do? He decides to keep him. And Does he, he get to play in the last game? He comes back in the Soviet game. Mm. I think it's the Soviet game. And his like first play back, he like makes a, you know, hockey's pretty like aggressive, and he makes like a big like muscle play and just like takes this guy out and we go and score like mm. that play and it's like that's all worth it <sighs> yeah too bad he didn't get injured before Ralph Cox was cut I know truly 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 <laughs> oh well I would have made the decision easy in keeping with his analytical style the movie doesn't use a lot of trick photography unlike the fancy shots in the movie like the Mighty Ducks that's I, horrible hockey <laughs> is that is the Mighty Ducks a hockey team yeah, yeah. it's like a children's hockey team uh, with uh, Ralph Macchio. No. Yeah, Ralph Macchio. Mm. Oh. I guess his name. No? Okay. I don't know who it is, so. Okay, well. It's, Anyways. It's, it's fine. Decent okay. at best. It looks like they just film it more or less like they would in a good documentary or a period TV broadcast, but in the middle of the confusion of the ice, on the ice, feeling the energy rather than focusing on plot points. That leaves Kurt Russell and his character Herb Brooks as a center and reason for the film. Although playing a hockey coach might seem like a slap shot for an actor, like an, easy, easy like, a, like an easy role. Like an easy role. Russell does real acting here, I see. Okay. He has thought about Brooks and internalized him. The real Brooks was available as a consultant in the film. And Russell and O'Connor create a study of a personality, a man who's leading young men through a process that led him to disappointment 20 years earlier. He has ideas about hockey and ideas about coaching, and like the Zen master Phil Jackson, I don't know who that is, nope. begins with philosophy, not strategy. The film doesn't even end with the outcome of the big game. It ends by focusing on the coach after it is all over. The end. Yay! Well, we made it to the end of that opinion piece. That seems like a weird ending. Yeah, it end kind of strangely. Well, it ends strangely where it's like you beat they beat the Soviets and then it goes to a narration over Kurt Russell, like as it like watching like them like celebrating on all the characters celebrating on the ice and then getting their gold medals and it's like him saying like 
Then we went on to beat Finland. Finland, right? Yeah. Something like that. Finland coming from behind. And then he was like, I've also, I've always, um, I've often been asked since my time at Lake Placid, what was my favorite part? And he's like, well, it was here. And he like says like watching all the, the boys like get their gold medals. No. And it's like all about at that point like yes, it's about like Herb is narrating, but it's very much like ordered towards the characters. And then the movie ends with Dream On and Dream On and like them. Like going through each character, being like, yeah. this guy went on to do yeah. this, and this classic, guy went on to classic, classic endings. You know what I'm saying? Is it safe to assume that the Finland game is not nearly as exciting? Um, definitely not. I think we come for like we're losing at halftime, but then we come back and win. But oh, okay. like they'd never mention it. Um, but also like a lot of miracles centered around like how America was struggling, like how like America wasn't like. Like we didn't believe anymore, and like there were just a lot of things we were economically struggling with. Oh, and like the all Vietnam these War. I don't know what I don't remember what it was, but there's like this whole scene where it's like I don't know who was the president at that time. In 1980. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been uh, Reagan? Uh, sure. Reagan? If it's him, let's say it's him. <laughs> no, like he's like doing like this long speech about how like America needs to believe and like America needs to, like is struggling, and then literally it ends with like how this 1980 hockey team gave America the chance to like believe in miracles and to like think that we could come back from yeah. That's pretty cool. what was happening. So it seems like whoever wrote this opinion piece did get to the center, which was like it's about, sort of. I mean, he thinks it's all about the coach. It seems like a large a part of it about is the about the coach. Yeah, for sure. And the impact of that team on America. When I watched that movie and I'm like, you know, I watched this with my nephew once and we were all like, we were like watching the last, the last like 30 minutes is the game versus the Soviets. And like the entire time we were like, USA. Like we literally, he was like getting into it and he was like, he calls my brother Pop. And he's like, Pop, America's so cool. Like, you know, it's like there is like this like drive, you know, this very like American love America. Movie. It's very American. It's, so I'm partial towards, so. They're all at, at the end, a picnic with hot dogs and apple pie. Amen. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's how it goes. So Dashing on the Soviets. <laughs> with a burning picture of Joseph Stone. <laughs> Keeping them warm. Keeping them warm. <laughs> Sitting around yeah. the campfire. All right. Do we have some, some standards we're going to have? We some, do. Some measurements we're going to have. Now is the time where we get to the end of episode metrics, which are low-key changing every episode, but the heart of them, them is again? the same. No, I, they're the same thing, like, in, in essence, but okay, I keep I on forgetting, like, what we call them. Okay. So how would you, Miss Marie Britton, rank this movie on objective goodness? Be, like, I what guess, to what? In <laughs> as in, a movie, as a as piece a movie, of art. As a movie in relation to all the movies you've ever seen in your life. I say it's high. Um, yeah, but out of ten. Out of ten. That's what I was saying. My, I was like, up from what to what? And you were uh, like, oh, from, movies. And I was like, yeah, that's dip. On a scale of... On a scale I'd give it like an eight. To, to, I'd give it like an eight, uh, eight and a half. It's tar. I think if somebody doesn't like this movie, they don't love sports or America. Mm. That's eight and a half. So <laughs> foreigners and communists beware. Yes, exactly. Eight and a half, you said? Eight and a half, nine. Yeah, I can do... I'll give it an 8.8. 8. 8. 8. 8. Sounds good. And then the next one is subjective likability. How much do you love this movie? Oh, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10? Literally oh, yeah. top three favorite movies of all time. Really? Yes. What are the other two, if you don't oh, mind gosh. asking? On the spot. Uh, Sense of Sensibility. Sense of Sensibility? Yes, by Jane Austen. Is it yeah. a BBC one? Um, there is a BBC version, but I like the movie starring Emma Thompson and oh, Kate Winslet and Alan yes, Rickman yes. and Hugh Grant. Yeah. And... Gladi Last of the Mohicans? Last of the Mohicans is probably I'm gonna that say gladiator. I, I was having a conversation with Jack and James, the roommates. Yeah. Jack. Uh-huh. 
not me. Jack James Harvard Jack yeah, Harvard, um, and they were telling me how much they hated the book. Well, I haven't read the book, so. Okay. But I think the movie's like done. The that's. I'm gonna regret saying that and then being on record for saying that movie. Someone's but gonna roast you. Yes. I'd say that's one of up our there. many listeners. That's probably worry, up there. A return to me is up there. <laughs> return to me is up there. And our last category is recommendableness. How much, on a scale of one to ten, how would how recommendable would you say this movie? And if it's not a ten. What are some of the reasons that give you pause to recommend it? I'd say it's like a 9 out of 10, and I pause because every time I show somebody a movie that I love with my whole heart and then they don't love, it really hurts my soul. So the, the <laughs> so one I'm, is just I, for comfort. The one is because I'm very much going to recommend it to a particular person. Someone that you know somebody that will like, like that sort of movie. Yeah, like, I'm not, like somebody that doesn't know sports at all or doesn't like like physically hates America. I might not be like, go watch this movie that praises America. Um, but In other words, you want to show it to someone that you know is going to like it because yeah, you Every time it. I show a movie to somebody that like I really love and they're like, it's meh. Like, God bless Dominic. Every movie I show him, he's like, falls asleep. And, or like says, like, it's okay, it's meh. And I'm like, you actually don't know how much pain that, that gives Wait, me. Wait, what are these movies so I can either side with him or you? Oh gosh, okay. Um, the Sandlot. Oh, okay. oh, that was a great movie. Thank you. I, I think so it, too. Um, the Last <laughs> of the Mohicans is one of them. Hostels. I haven't. You keep that. naming movies I haven't seen. <laughs> I really want to take your side, but I can't because just I don't know. What these I just, are. I really do think that these movies are. I've heard the Sandlot is really good. I've just it never is. seen it. It's a the kids only movie, movie for that sure. I saw That's that I that I showed him that I thought he liked it just as much as I did was Silence of the Lambs. Really? Yes. That's supposed to be also a really good movie. Every other movie, he's seen. like, eh, or he like he falls horror? asleep. Yeah, he likes horror. He likes like action cars. Literally, like, like Fast and the Furious. Yes, he's obsessed. All of them. Which is like, how can I compete when it's like he has not a great um, taste? That's fair. Don't His put rain. that on there. He'll kill uh, me. Oh my gosh, he'll snipe me. I feel like we just. Well, okay. To be fair, I'll take all. your side on that one. I don't think the Fast and Furious movies are very good objectively. I can imagine just, that they're fun. I mean, to be fair, there's, there's a uh, there's a separation in my mind from like dumb fun movies that you just like. I know it's not good, but I just enjoy watching it. Yeah, and movies I get that are that. actually fun and good to watch. And at the I same think time. he's like with the first group, like it's just like fun to watch it. Like he's not gonna like dive behind Fast and the Furious. Yeah. But I'm like, let's go watch this movie. That's like great dialogue. Like it's all about the dialogue. Like Twelve Angry Men. And I just you know, saw that for the first time. Which like one of my movie. favorite movies of all it's time. So good. Just like I say that about every movie. Sorry. Nah. But like, just like the dialogue is so good. I'm all about dialogue, and he's like, 30 minutes in, like, they haven't even left this room yet. And I'm like, just <laughs> they, listen to the dialogue. Really like, it's all about the dialogue, and he's like, but there's no action. And I'm like, this you should have told problem. him. This you should have told him. Wait, just wait for the part, and they all leave the room. It's gonna be I know. great. <laughs> I know. There's a mass exodus. We watched that movie. on our first date. Really? Oh wow, that that's How'd an interesting that first date. Go. Well, we actually like went on our date, and then it was when TSE was showing them. Uh, so we oh, got yeah. back and he was like, what do you want to do? Trying to prolong the date. Because <laughs> it was so <laughs> good. And, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. They're showing 12 in your men. And he was like, let's go watch that. And I was like. Did you guys finish it? I watched the entirety. I'm not the type of person he that left. leaves halfway through. No. Okay. He stayed, but he like, Papa came over and they were like talking. And he was like cracking jokes with people. And I was like, this is a turn off. I was like, this is good that I'm doing this on my first date. Wait, that was your first date with him? Well, you afterwards. Because we had already scheduled it. Uh, because thank goodness. <laughs> he had literally 
before he asked me out, was like, hey, let's go like to this football game, like Rams versus Cardinals. And I was like, let's do it. And so like I bought my ticket, he bought his ticket, and then asked me out like two weeks before. And then was like, can our second date be that game? Which we'd already paid for and it was already scheduled. And Was it just the two of you? Very clever of him. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Sealing the deal. Well, and I think he has successfully... That was much better than the, much better date. the 12 Angry Men. No. Don't tell him. I, I, I really enjoyed our first date, but I fooled him. There were just like not many sparks on our first date. And then the second date, I was like, damn, wake me up already. So. And he did! He did. Well, fiance Almost. Me up. <laughs> we're working on really it. We're getting progress. there. We're getting there. Slowly but truly. No, that's fair. I mean, some people really do like action movies. And then so, there, I mean, it's interesting to me because there are so many different genres of movie. It's like, well, some are some of them objectively better than others? Like, that's a different question. But you can just say, like, for some, some people just don't like movies in general. Like, some people are just love movies. And so you say, here's a really good this genre. Here's a really good this genre. And they don't care. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to watch good movies. And I feel like I'm sort of like that. But on the other hand, there are some genres that I just don't like. Mm -hmm. not, not because I don't think they're good. I just think that that personally is not my thing. Yeah. And so with someone who isn't as who doesn't like movies as much, you really have to find what genre they they have and then show them those kind of movies. Yeah. yeah. Here's a really good action movie. Let's mm -hmm. watch this. That's the, I, I think like oh good action movie and then I show him one of the best action movies of all time and he's like. Eh, what do you? Whatever. How would you describe? Which well, one? Well, like Hostels or yeah. like Out of the Furnace or. Mm. Have you seen Casino Royale? That's a James Bond movie. Yeah. I showed him that one and I think he enjoyed it. But has he seen Die Hard? Because that's so. a really good action movie. I think he has, but you know. It's also a great Christmas movie. It's oh okay, we've got our whole show. lives to fix him. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah, you got this, don't worry. There's yeah. nothing you can do, almost. Yeah, I'm just. Have you seen Edge of Tomorrow? Yes, I actually really enjoy that movie. Did you show Dom? No, I have not shown him that. I think he's actually seen that. Mm, that might be. I mean, that's a he's great like, action movie. That he's has like needs John Wick and Extraction and like. Yeah, but John Wick's. Dumb fun, it's not good. Exactly. That's he needs dumb fun. I mean the first one's like the first one was a pretty decent movie. Keanu Reeves, God bless him, movie. is just not a good actor. Well, he can't, no. Have you seen Speed? Yeah. Thinking I'm back. Yes, I have seen Speed. <laughs> Speed is so funny. Speed he is, is so bad at acting. He's so it's bad. It's so great. He's and, he's got so much personal charisma that you just kinda don't care. I know. But compared to like Who's who's playing next? Was who was it? Was Sandra that? Bullock. Sandra Bullock, right? It's a great actor. Love so Sandy. Next D. to him, just, she was like so shining, outshining him in every way. I know. Like, Whoa, dude. There's a bomb. Keanu, dude, you cannot. <laughs> you're a good person, but you cannot act. I don't know how he managed to get. And then in the Matrix, they're like, "What if we just made his character someone who was high all the time?" I know. And then it works because suddenly he can play him because he's just high all the time. Yeah. I like the Matrix. I think Matrix is good. I think we should first go around the table and say our least favorite genre of of, of movie without any explanation, okay. and then we shall decide what next episode will be. Sounds good. Are we not going to explain at all? No. We just have to stand we are, by it. You just have to stand there, and we can berate you or agree. Okay. Sounds good. You want to go first? No. Okay. <laughs> I'll go first because I kind of know what my least favorite genre of movie is. Uh, and it's rom-coms, my least favorite genre. Yep. Maria and I are aghast. Um, I have so many good rom-coms, that would change your mind. I am maybe, like, maybe. I am like open, wow, wow. Well, you guys can berate me, I can't defend myself. Though. You're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's just false um, opinion. I thought opinions were, you know, subjective, but that's actually just objectively wrong. <laughs> that what? That I don't like rom-coms? That rom-coms are not likable, yeah. I didn't say that. I said well, I don't like rom-coms. Per you, well, that's they're fact, not like. But it's a fact that's demonstrating the weakness of your soul. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Burn off. I mean, well, yeah, that's the first genre that pops into my head of movies that I generally just don't like. I have, I have very little interest in watching them. Yeah. Although there are, people have recommended a few to me that I want to sit down and watch at some point because they're supposed to be good movies just yeah. on their own. But for me, like, at least just... Return to me. Is that a good movie? That's a good That was one of the ones you suggested, right? Yeah. It's one of my favorites. It is my favorite rom-com. Okay. Well, I'll try, because see, the thing is, my problem is, like, with other genres of movies, I can watch trash yeah. versions, and I still have fun. Mm -hmm. But with rom-coms, like, I think I really need to watch the top of the top, because if I watch any that are not very, or just, like, fine, I just, it just holds, holds no interest for me. Mm -hmm. Okay, Maria, least favorite genre of movie? I think I might say it's, like, although I do like particular movies of this genre, I think sci-fi. Sci-fi? Mm -hmm. Okay. Why? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I said I wasn't going to explain myself, and then did explain myself, so... You can give a one-sentence explanation. I, I find myself bored. Fair. It's just too far from reality sometimes. Yeah, far from reality, but also, like, it's just, like... Like, there are certain science fiction that I'm, like, all about. Like, like Arrival. I really liked Arrival stuff. Like, I don't know if that's, oh, that yeah. classifies as sci-fi, but I was just, like, some of them, I'm just, like... Why did somebody wake up one day and be like, let's make a movie about this within this and yeah. that? And I'm just like... I feel yeah. like I can't agree or disagree with you just because I'm not very well versed in sci-fi. Mm -hmm. I think I've seen episode four, Star Wars, New Hope, um, like last year for the first time ever. Like Star Wars was just not a big thing in my yeah. family. And I saw Dune when it came out. And I really liked yeah, Dune. Yeah, I didn't like Dune very much. Maybe it's because I just don't know the story. But I just was like, nothing happened in this movie. It was just like prolonged until we meet Zendaya and then it's like movie over. I remember somebody described like, it What online. is happening? I was like, it's like a perfume commercial with whispering about politics. <laughs> yeah. That definitely seems true with most, a lot of sci-fi movies is that they appeal to specific fan bases. Yeah. Of oh, that yeah. And so you have to have kind of an extensive knowledge about it. And some yeah. people aren't really into that sort of thing and some people yeah. aren't. But I do think that some sci-fi movies that transcend that sort of thing are the ones that are mm -hmm. science fiction so far as they're set in a time with technology that's different than yeah. ours. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's two types. There's that type, but the problems are just like real problems. They just take place where the future yeah. is. And then know. there are other ones where the the story is about the dangers of a certain kind of technology. Mm -hmm. Like I think, um, what's it? Oh, what's it called? The Tom Cruise movie by Steven Spielberg, where there's there's the um, murder cases, but they can. What is it called? Oh, um, um, Minority the, Report. Minority Report. That movie is like the science fiction aspect. It's science fiction, but the point of the story is to say like. This is a technology that, if we had it, would be... Yeah. And that, that's a lot of the old science fiction authors, yeah. right? Would be like, yeah. here's, like, what if we had this technology, what would go wrong? Yeah. And so and those I, I find interesting. And I think my science fiction that, like, I don't like are the ones that are, like, purely, like, just, like, sit there and, like, watch and not really understand. Like, the ones that are, like, sci-fi but also action, like Star Wars. I think, like, I enjoy start watching the Star Wars movie. I enjoyed watching Minority Report. But there are certain ones that are just, like, sit here and just, like get all these things that are just so high above like what you understand yeah. and then like have you seen hope we can figure it out for you have you seen any of black mirror on no. netflix because that there is kind of like a sci-fi vibe where like so it's an anthology series where it's not episodic and like each episode is its own kind of thing mm -hmm. and but there are like overarching themes like sex is definitely a big theme just like sexuality in general mm -hmm. and then also um the dangers of technological progression mm. so there definitely is kind of like a sci-fi vibe in the episodes like, i watched yeah. one episode of black mirror and it was I not the know, first one please don't say it was, it was probably the first it's the one with the prime minister no! <laughs> and after we watched it my friend i was kind of i was like okay i don't know i had heard black mirror was good and that episode was definitely weird you but i was like 
Well, you know, like, let's give, keep going, give it a few more episodes to see, like, if we have any more. But after that, they were like, no. The just... first episode, you have to, like, you, there are more disturbing episodes that have come out since. But, like, you can't watch the first episode first. I, I did they, that. I assume the reason they have that one first is to grab people's attention and be like, this is not your typical show. Yeah. This is going to be weird. Don't watch the, then, first first. Yeah, the first episode first. Okay, deal. You might weird. even want to skip it. Okay, deal. Uh, right, yours. You're doing. My, so, my caveat is I think as, I think because genres evolve and change over time, I can legitimately put a genre and a timeline as my least favorite genre. Okay. Um, and my... Genre, my least favorite genre is like late 90s to early 2000s comedies but mm. I don't want like I'm I'm kind of like second guessing myself because I really like Clueless which is a funny movie and Mean Girls um, but like I can't stand Will Ferrell I think we've talked about this before really? and a lot of like <laughs> that was the last podcast that we <laughs> in fact got into this and like Adam Sandler's comedy, I just don't find it funny. So just I like, think so. It's less it's less that time period and more like there's a certain genre of movies that happen during that time period. Yes, it's like screwball comedies based around manchilds. Yeah, yeah. That you really dislike. I just can't do it. Fair I enough. get that. Yeah, I I have never watched an Adam Sandler movie. I have really no interest in watching Adam Sandler movies. I'm not a like a laugher when it comes to watching movies. Like I'll be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's kind of funny. Like that's that's. Yeah. That's the humor I get out of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like everyone's like, I watch movies like my brothers, and they're like, you gotta watch this movie, like Happy Gilmore is so funny, or like this. Mm. And they're sitting there like peeing themselves, and I'm like, this is like not a funny humor. It's but I, I, so I get that yeah. for sure. But there are some movies that make me laugh really hard. Yeah. Ghostbusters make me laugh so hard. There's Ghostbusters? Oh, I it's definitely. Just, it's so dumb, but it's so great. I Sorry. laugh out loud every time I rewatch Mean Girls, just because I know it's coming. Rush Hour gets me. Rush, Rush Hour is pretty funny. Yeah. Have you guys seen uh, Galaxy Quest? I have no. not. Oh, it's so it's like, it's like kind of a farce on science fiction movies, or in like in Star Trek, where it's like there's this TV Galaxy show Quest. cast that yeah. is like, but it's like after their heyday, but and the only thing they ever did was that show, and so mm -hmm. they only make money by like making celebrity appearances to all these fans that just love them, and they, like you know like the fans are quoting like back in episode 128 you said this, and they're just sitting there like. Just an actor, like I don't. Yeah. And yeah. then they, um, it turns out there's a race of aliens that have watched watched the show and thought it was historical documents and not a show, <laughs> and oh, kidnapped funny. them. And it's just, it's a hilarity ensues, and it's really, that's really, really funny. funny. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, but that that one's pretty funny. But, it is. Yeah. Sorry. Good. It is now choosing the next episode time, and in my Fair mind, enough. I see two routes. Okay. The first route, we can go for an animated movie because I think that would be a fun progression where. I mean, we're still doing fiction, and I don't really love nonfiction movies the most. Well, we did two nonfiction movies. We did Hidden Figures, and we did Miracles. I guess that's true. Well, I guess it's more like dramatized. Only Indiana Jones was fiction. It's like dramatized, you know? It's still drama. Yeah, that's true. It's not like a dramatized. Maybe, okay, maybe to say that it was not, maybe to say that they are fiction is wrong, but like a less serious kind of movie, because I feel like these yeah. have all been like fairly serious. Sure, I'm down for an animated movie. And What's your other route? The other route would be movies that we hate. <laughs> I feel like we should have a few more episodes of of this sort of thing before we get into the movies we hate. Okay. Because that will be fun, but if you start off with that too soon, then this whole thing is just going to turn into a movies we hate podcast. That's very true. And there's lots of those already. We have to intersperse the hatred episodes. We do have to. It's a nice little break from the, oh, we really like this movie, we really, and then, then, we can, then we can pick movies that we've both seen. Yeah. <laughs> That's just terrible part. You should be the contrarian to his obsession for The Incredibles. 
Um, I think I would win that battle. I don't <laughs> dislike The Incredibles. Is the difficult thing. See the the problem. I mean, there are a few. I've met a few people who aren't a f super big fans of The Incredibles, or it's not their favorite movie, or they're like, eh, it's fine, or whatever. Yeah. I don't think I've met a single person who like hates the movie and yeah. actually has reasons to be like, oh, I don't I like it that. because instead of just, oh, I saw it when I was a kid and I thought it was uh, like I was a kid and I didn't like it. Like, yeah. So I love Ratatouille, it's a good movie. and it's a good movie. I have met a number of people here. At uh -oh. Harvard. <laughs> at Harvard. <laughs> that, like, have so many, like, high theoretical Aristotelian arguments about why Ratatouille is bad. I'm like... Really? Yeah, something about, like, it's not in a rat's nature to cook. Like, yeah, no biz. I thought that was the point of anyone can cook. Uh, <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> no biz. <laughs> have I watched any Disney movie ever? I know. But, <laughs> yeah. Jack... Uh, you can take any. It's not an aligned nature you, to sing. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you can take pretty much any Pixar movie, and if you boil it down to like its basic logline, you'd be like, "Who the Harvard. watch this movie? Sorry. Yeah. Who who would watch this? Who movie? the Harvard would watch? Yeah. Who the Harvard would watch a movie about bugs? <laughs> about an ant going to find bugs, other bugs to defend his ant hot ant calling against grasshoppers? Yeah. Who cares? They're ants and grass. And then you watch the movie, and it's like, oh, it's just. The setting is just to allow us to do interesting things, yeah. but the actual story is a very is an interesting yeah. one about like you know I don't know but like a tear, whatever you yeah. can go into it. I'm not gonna go into it. Yeah, yeah. I think Bugs Life is fine. It's not the best one, but I like it. No, it but just like not. even the monsters, like like a bunch of monsters scare little kids, and the one little kid who's like, not scared who's not scared goes into the monster realm, but the monsters think the kids are poisonous, but they're not poisonous. But the monsters uh, basically actually you know forget all that. Monsters get electricity by scaring kids. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> Why would yeah. you think that's a good movie? And it's great. But it's a great movie. It's so great. Jack, yeah. your yeah. task is not to list off animated movies until I haven't seen it. My tisk? Okay. Can we do Pixar movies? Um, I'm sure there's Pixar movies you haven't seen. Sure. I'll just, I mean, okay, let's see. Um, I'll just do random movies. Uh, have you seen, okay, so you've seen, have you seen, Wally, have you seen Wally? -E? Yes. Okay. Have you seen, let's, I'm going to go with some Pixar movies I would have fun talking about. Inside Out. Yes. Okay. Ah, uh, dang it, that would be fun. Uh, okay, let's see. We could do Toy Story. I've seen them all. I've seen them all. Okay, we could do uh, Coco. Oh, sure, you've seen I saw Coco. Coco. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <sighs> what about Soul? Have you seen Soul? I did see Soul. Dang it. Oh, I know. Go. Okay. Um, all right, let's move into DreamWorks. Have you you've seen Kung Fu Panda? I've seen... Oh! I haven't seen all three. But I don't I know I'd only be interested be... in talking about the first one. Really. I have seen the first one. My grandma took me like on my uh, birthday to see the first one. So I do remember Okay, what about um, How to Train Your Dragon? No, actually. You haven't seen the first one? I haven't seen any of them. Excellent. Let's do that one. Okay. That one's super fun. Next time on Movie Maybe, which I think Maybe. is the first time we've said the name of this podcast in the podcast. We all thought it in we, our heads. We've been thinking no it the it. whole time. Move, uh, we'll do How to Train Your Dragon. How good to, to Train Thy Dragon. Thank you so much for coming, Maria. And Jack, I will see you later. Thank you. See you, Dylan. See you, Maria. Bye, guys. Thanks for having me.